Think you're smart, huh? The guy that hired Hughes, they'll just do the same to you. Oh, criminals in this town used to believe in things. Honor, respect. Look at you. What do you believe in, huh? What do you believe in? I believe whatever doesn't kill you simply makes you a stranger. Welcome to the Bread and Thorns Podcast. to the Bread and Thorns podcast, a bi-weekly podcast where we sit down and discuss literature, art, media, and other stuff that we really like and how they influence the projects we're working on. I'm Isaac. And I'm Rosemary. And today we're going to discuss The, the Dark, Dark Knight. Woo! It's a Oof. movie by Christopher Nolan, very mm -hmm. famous, obviously, probably at least over the past two decades, oh, uh, yeah. probably one of the most Definitely. famous movies, I would say, in, I think it's up there. Uh, not in, many people have not seen this movie. Yeah, that's that's true. I think one of the things I was really nervous about when uh, thinking about talking about this movie, if you look onto YouTube, there's like thousands <laughs> of video essays, and everyone's said basically everything there is to say. I think about this movie, um, and so yeah, <laughs> pretty nervous. Um, of course, we're not just discussing the Dark Knight. We're according to our little intro that I just did there, we're discussing literature and art and media and other stuff <laughs> and how it influences the stuff that we're working on and so i think actually over the past few podcasts we haven't really been doing like the how they influence the projects well, we're working on we've, so much we've attempted but it's also just like the joy that we have you can kind of tell that it inspires us to go and right. do other things yeah it's it's more um, about the, the the movies well currently it's only <laughs> movies but um yeah but we'll hopefully be, be doing other stuff well not hopefully i shouldn't say that <laughs> we will be doing other things uh later down the yep. line Right now, we're just running through our top 10 movies yep. of all time, my top 10 and Rosemary's top yep. 10. Yep, and with Dark Knight. So, Isaac, how do you feel about this movie? This is one of my favorite movies of all time. <laughs> uh, this is in my top 10. Uh, it is actually number four yep. on my top 10 list. And we haven't done our number three yet. Oh, my number three yet, not our number three. I don't know what your number three is. <laughs> but uh, Not it, surprising. For me, The Dark Knight and my number three, they mm. often flip-flop. Uh, between each other and it depends on which one that i've seen most recently <laughs> are you serious and so right now the dark knight in my head is number three um it's but then even this this time when we watch number three it's gonna take right it's probably going to retake <laughs> the dark knight okay. um That's i funny. just can't decide between these these two and the funny story about my list is that on before my number two came in uh, my number three and the dark knight we're, mm -hmm. uh, we're fighting for number two and three mm -hmm. on, on, on that list. And every time I watched, uh, it would just flip-flop again. And then my number two came in, and then they're now fighting for three yep. and four. So maybe, you know, some someday in the future, I'll have a number three, <laughs> and then now Dark Knight and my number current my number three will be out. battling out four and five or something like that. Yep. Although we just did Tropic Thunder, which is my number five. Yep. So I don't know if that can go any lower. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, is this on your list? It is not. Um, but I you think enjoyed this movie the movie. Is amazing. Yeah. It is. Um, one of the things for me though is that, like, okay, and when I say happy ending, I don't mean cheesy happy ending, but I need a happy ending. I need something. There's not really. Right, that's really one of the a things hopeful on ending to this thing. movie. And so now that's one of the reasons why, and I'm so sorry, I haven't watched Dark Knight Rises recently, so I don't entirely remember everything about it. That's one of the reasons why you need to watch Dark Knight Rises is so that way you have a little bit more of something going on after this. This movie ends 
And it's just so depressing. Like, it's really, really, really well written, well done, well well acted, well, per- like, just everything about this movie is amazing. But it's so, like, depressing that I can't, I can't in good conscience put it on my top ten. I've noticed a weird hurts. trend, which is that the movies that I have on my top ten so far, you uh, th- you feel like they depressing. all they have depressing endings. Yes. But I actually walk away from all of my movies very hopeful. Very hopeful. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So that's I'm aware of that. <laughs> we have, we, that's an interesting this is, this ter- is interpretation. That we have discussed, but it's I just I guess. Uh, I guess what I'm looking for when I say happy ending is I mean healing. There's no healing. So there's potential for healing, which is possibly why you feel hopeful. But for me, like if I don't actually see the healing in front of me on the screen, I'm like, oh, no, because I don't. I, OK, personally, a little cynical, but it's something where as I watch the people in my life attempt to grow, if I don't actually see the choices being made or, or have like the people that are close to me like talk about their growth it doesn't happen and so with movies it's a similar concept of okay i'm not seeing it which means that most like most people that i know when they they can make as many actions and whatnot as they want to but if they don't actually make the choices for like growth and healing and moving forward and whatnot it just it doesn't happen and so if it's not happening on screen i'm i don't necessarily think that like that batman's going to ever recover from rachel Dawes. Like like how well before know, we get sorry. into that yes. spoiler alert spoiler alert <laughs> before um, we get into that let's summarize the 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 Dark Knight a little yes. bit for the minuscule amount of people that have never watched yes. this movie or if you haven't seen it recently <laughs> just a little touch up um so when so the Dark Knight on from this is from IMDb when the menace known as the Joker wreaks havoc and chaos on the people of Gotham Batman must accept one of the greatest psychological and physical tests of his ability to fight injustices and of course the Dark Knight is based on you know DC Comics Batman yes. right and it's it was a 2008 superhero film that was directed co- co-written and produced by Christopher Nolan it stars Christian Bale as our titular Batman uh, or Bruce Wayne, Michael Caine, Heath Ledger, Gary Oldman, oh, Aaron Eckhart, Maggie Gyllenhaal, and Morgan Freeman. Oh, so you many. look at that cast there's list, so <laughs> and it's just, it's all these uh, Hollywood stars. And they, I think they, each of them really bring something to the table. Yeah. Also, something really film. funny. So it actually has, a, like, in one of the little notes that I read. So Christian Bale is credited with acting for Bruce Wayne. Right. In the end credits, his name isn't next to Batman. What's next to Batman? I do not remember, but I remember that that was a thing that I was it just like, Batman. Was told, was like or... I think so, yeah. I don't remember. If anyone wants to double check, that would be funny. But like, yeah. So his his name is next to Bruce Wayne. That's really interesting because the so one of the things that I found as I was looking at and kind of researching mm-hmm. this this movie, and it's it's been two thousand. It was released in two thousand eight, so yeah, it's been twelve is, years yeah. at this point. Um, but so I've, you know, I've looked up th- stuff about this movie for the past 12 years and each time I do, I just, I kind of learned something new. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that I thought was really interesting was this thought that the Dark Knight, as Christopher Nolan is imagining it, is kind of, it's kind of a realistic take on the Batman from which all the things that we learn or we read about or we watch in comics and movies, mm-hmm. those are kinds of like legends that are based on this almost like a true mm-hmm. story kind of feel yep. right and so this this very grounded realistic take on batman who, which in this movie is called the dark knight mm-hmm. right he's not really called he's called batman as a derogatory but in the end when we hear gary oldman give that very very famous speech um about 
about him, he calls him the, the Dark, Dark Knight, Knight right? Nah, and I find little. that really, really, um, I just find that really cool. And that, that, you know, you mentioned Batman maybe doesn't have, you know, Christian Bale as, you know, the, the whatever. It's but it's because, legend. right, it's the, it's the oh. legend of the Batman. It's the legend of the Dark Knight. I like um, The symbolatry of it. And I, so I think this, this movie just does, a, it's like, it's almost written as if this is based on a true story in a sense, mm-hmm. right? If there was a real Batman, maybe <laughs> if Gotham this is existed how, right. and Arkham Asylum existed and all these things existed, this is how it would go down, right? And so th- that's I think that's what makes part partially what makes this movie um, so how, how do you say so captivating? Cap- yeah, captivating. So a, a kind of it's 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 definitely for me a work of art. Yeah that transcends just the idea of obviously just the idea of a superhero film mm-hmm. right but i think it transcends the idea of just a movie or a, or a cinema uh and it it goes into that realm where we can use it and we can talk about um so many different things in real life based on just this and so that's going to be my take on the dark knight today in in this podcast Let's go through it a little bit, um, <laughs> just in terms of scene by scene kind of play. And one of the fun things for me was the fact. So as we're going through these movies, I have to actually go in and like analyze and okay, why do I actually love these the movies? The first so time much? you got to do that now, right? Um, and <laughs> it will kind of. I've done it a couple times with some of my movies, um, like because I genuinely question, like, wait, why do I love this so much? I just love it. Why like, do I this? love Palm Springs so much? <sighs> I did have to do that, okay? But that one came out this year. Cut me some slack already. Anyway. That's going to go through the entire time. That's going to be know. a meme in our podcast. I know. But just an Isaac meme. Nah. One of my one of my friends and I are lit- are going through. And so the, one of the reasons why I loved Palm Springs so much is because so there's these movies. There's two of them. And there's Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day to You. And that's one of the reasons why I like Palm Springs so much is because it's a very realistic take on like the time loop thing. And so just anyway, if you haven't watched those, it's... it's um... Go listen to our podcast. Yes. And and see it anyways but um with this going through these movies and having to actually analyze it one of the things with dark knight is the fact that i had to pause the movie at points to try and like wait there's too many awesome things going on Mm -hmm. at once give me a second i need to write some of this down yeah that's one of the things i really noticed this time watching through i noticed it before but it's it's become consciously noticed yeah i consciously noticed it but it's become a wow factor for me Mm -hmm. now um before it was kind of just analyzing it but now when I watch it, I'm just kind of in awe at what Christopher Nolan is able to do in terms of directing, in terms of editing. Oh, dialogue. Every, I have so many parts Oof. here where it's just like you see I, I'm seeing the scene transition and it's it, it his transitions do a lot of different things mm-hmm. at the same time. They they not only intercut between uh, two things that are going on or even three things that are going on at the same time. Um, so the example would be when the Joker eventually uh, raids, not raids, I guess, but goes into the party where Harvey Dent is, right? And there's, um, yeah. and he kind of is trying to get, or he's he's trying to get to Harvey Dent, right? Mm-hmm. But right before that, there's these, there are these scenes that are emotionally, kind of, you, you it's it's the scene with Harvey and Rachel uh, Rachel, da- Rachel Dawes, and they're and he's Harvey like, is trying to I convince love you. her, let's get married, right? He's trying to convince her to 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 spend the rest for for her to spend the rest of her life with him, and he's like, don't answer now, and she's and, like, okay, right? And then there's the the assassinations of the commissioner and the and, and Ju- Justice Loeb, I think that's no Commissioner Loeb and the Justice. I forgot what her name is. Um, there's there's the, the assassinations there, and then it's the buildup of the Joker arriving at the tower. 
and it's and just before, so just... masterfully done that I it's hard to kind of just as someone who likes to study film and likes to mm -hmm. look at how people do certain things it's hard to fathom how on earth did Christopher Nolan do this with the, the the scene transitions think of it that way like kind of piece it together in his mind and then when you when you listen to it with the soundtrack going through just the slow pump of yep. and slow rise and tension in that in in the music oh it's just it's and so, so perfect one of the things that i noticed and i actually even noticed it pretty much at like the beginning was the um he what he does so one of the typical things that you hear and you do have to be careful with this and take it with a grain of salt but it's the show not tell mm -hmm. Almost every single time there is a question asked, there is an action that happens in response as an answer. Right. It's almost never a spoken answer. And I think that that was brilliant. And I, and so it happens in the, like the first time that I really like it happened a couple times. And then the first thing that I noticed was when the bus crashes into the bank and he's like, it's yeah, well, you're forgetting about the bus driver. And he's like, what bus driver? Boom. And you're, right. and you're, and, and, I, and I, I was like, wait a second, they've done this. Oh. And so I watched it throughout the rest of the movie. And that's, that's one of the main things that he does that moves scenes forward. Yeah. It's, he doesn't give you the answer. He shows you the answer. Right. And it's, it's impressive. And one of the things that I, I also, again, I, I noticed this time kind of going around it, it, it was that I, idea of question and then answer and of course the question is asked but then the answer is shown mm -hmm. but then there's also this this kind of pace that nolan mm -hmm. puts into the film this is a i think it's over two hours i, yeah. I have to look it up now <laughs> the film runs like 215, 152 minutes yeah right so over two hours yeah. but it goes by so yes. fast um i you're just there's so no captivated. Slow point in the movie. Yeah, and yeah, there's no well, there there are slower bits in but the movie. But it's not slow. Like, and it, but the only thing that I think of as a slow bit is when like the um, uh, Harvey Dent and uh, I keep calling her Maggie Gyllenhaal in my head. Rachel. Rachel. Because <laughs> uh, Rachel was actually a different character in or Batman different. Begins. Yeah, in yeah. Batman Begins, she was a different it was, uh, uh, actress. Like Sophie, something. I don't remember no, her name. Katie Holmes. There we go. Katie there we Holmes. Go. Sorry. <laughs> Sophie. Something with an IE at the end. I guess. <laughs> Sophie Katie and Holmes. Katie. Yeah, switched over to Maggie Gyllenhaal. Um, so Rachel and Harvey are at a restaurant, and then of course Bruce Wayne comes in with, I, I don't I don't know who the the, the that, that person but the, but the ballerina, ballerina? Uh, the, the Russian ballerina. <gasps> That's not slow. The, he it brings is, in someone who doesn't approve of Batman to figure out what Harvey Dent is like right. as a human so being. It's, it's the only so slow right. down in in that I can think of in no, the movie. No, because with the boats, with the boats, it's a little bit slow too. But that's again, not that's, that's really for suspense. It wasn't really wait the boats. Oh, you mean at the end? Yeah. Okay, so I thought you meant the uh, boats with the uh, <laughs> with the where, ballerinas. Where, yeah, with the ballerinas. No. I was like, that was like Alfred's five like, seconds. Can you tell me Russian for? <laughs> put your own goddamn sunscreen on. It's yeah. magical. It's so magical. It's, I love Alfred. Yeah. Everyone loves Alfred. Michael Caine does a really, really great oh, job yes. with that character. Um, and so one of the things that it's um, – oh, I kind of lost my train of thought a little bit. Um, but one of the things that it, it's just – it slows down a little bit. But then – but it doesn't feel slow. You know, you understand you, – you know that this is just kind of an exposition or a dialogue piece. But it because of how relentless the characters kind of come at each other – um, even in that that restaurant scene, it it just doesn't feel slow. It feels very, you're, you're just sucked into the moment, right? Um, and it's just, yeah. Again, this time I was just so impressed by that um, as as I was watching. All right, mm -hmm. so let's go through the plot a little bit because this was kind of the only way in my head <laughs> that I could think of where we can kind of work out 
um, the Dark Knight a little bit. And I'm not going to go into super detail. <laughs> we'll, um, we'll try. Well, yeah, because that, yeah, that would take, you know, 152 minutes, apparently. <laughs> Probably longer. So this movie, uh, and uh, I, I think this every time that I watch this movie, um, but the opening scene is the bank heist, right? And mm. it opens on this kind of gorgeous... Um, scene, Chicago like skyline. Skyline, yeah, mm-hmm. skyline. Or Gotham where, skyline. And then you see the window break, right? And every time I see that, every time I see that skyline and just as the camera moves in into that building... And then the, um, the 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 window breaks. I think I wish I had watched this in IMAX. Yes. Because this film, uh, Nolan actually talks about in in kind of you know BTS behind the scenes kind of stuff. He talks about how they they specifically filmed certain parts of the movie for IMAX. And I so wish. Yeah. At some point, I'll have a home movie, theater and I'll go through and watch this movie, and it's going to be amazing and, and spectacular. What's really what's really heartbreaking for me is that I've had multiple chances to watch this movie in IMAX um, because it's re- been released multiple times in IMAX and I've watched it in fake IMAX. So I've watched it in like when the, the screen is bigger, but it's not an IMAX screen. Um, but I've missed it in IMAX. And so uh, multiple times. Shame. So I'm, I'm very, I'm very sad about this. We um, <laughs> shame Isaac for this. <laughs> well, I don't take any of the shame, but yeah. <laughs> so in, in that, in that opening scene, we get to see, just what the Joker is kind of all about. And it's just this tense uh, bank robbery. It's a genius plan um, that we get to kind of see unfold. And then we see kind of the, the um, at the end of the scene, that, that, that Joker, very prominent, you know, whatever, I say whatever doesn't kill you makes you stranger. stranger. Right. Um, oh. Such a good, such a good scene. Such a good reveal, I also really. I love Heath Ledger so much. And yeah. so I didn't, the first time I watched this movie, I did not know it was Heath Ledger. And actually the first few times, I just didn't, I just, it was just the Joker. Mm-hmm. It was just this faceless, nameless Joker. Yeah. And so something where later on, now I have, Heath Ledger has a very special place in my heart as far as acting and whatnot. I've grown up with several of his movies. And so it was something where for me, like I just genuinely like, for example, like 10 things I hate about you. That one's so adorable. He's just like this total, just like, Oh, he's so cute. Anyway, um, it's something where so with this movie when I was actually when I actually realized, oh, so now the the last two times that I've watched it, I went through and was like, oh my gosh, this is Heath Ledger. Oh my gosh, he's so amazing. Like just ooh. Anyway, sorry. So yes, reveal stranger that accent, just the the, the little the drawl that takes place. You know, something's not quite right in his head. Oh, so good. I've actually never, I had never seen a Heath Ledger movie before The Dark Knight. <laughs> Not um, surprising. They're so, all kind of fluffy in some way. Right. That's that's what I heard. And so that I think that's why most people were so surprised um, at his portrayal of the Joker here. Mark Hamill was impressed with his version of the Joker. Yeah. And we listened to that yes. little little bit, right? Magic. Um, from, from, I think, it was actually a long time ago that he, that he yeah. did that interview. But um, anyway, so with with that, in, that introduction, it, you go into um, back into Batman, right? And because the Dark Knight is a, the middle movie of kind of a trilogy, mm-hmm. I don't think they were planning the trilogy. Um, it just ended up being a trilogy, and so. But this was the second movie, and um, well, did Christopher Nolan do the first one? Yes, yeah, yeah, he did all three. He did all three I movies. I feel like there was a there was an idea and a plan. I don't think that they had like really locked onto the plan because they didn't know how well it was going to be received. Well, so the Batman Begins was a a reboot of the Batman franchise mm-hmm. because before the Bat before Batman Begins, you had Batman and Robin, which mm-hmm. was the 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 
Failtastic movie that uh, George Clooney and uh, Joe Schumacher made, um, which was you know that's the that's the famous Batman the bat suit with nipples, oh, uh, <laughs> and so that was such a horrible horrible movie that Batman was never was not made for a really long time, and Everyone originally was traumatized yeah basically, <laughs> um, and so originally when Christopher Nolan kind of proposed to reboot the franchise. Um, they weren't thinking that this is going to be that big. They were just like, okay, you know, this is a... And, and I think Batman Begins is what really put Nolan on the on the map as a kind mm-hmm. of a noticeable filmmaker. Um, he sense. did really great stuff before that. Uh, my, one of my favorite movies from him is Memento, which is uh, one of his very, very, very first movies that he ever did. Mm-hmm. Um, and Memento is... Actually, in Memento, you can see... Uh, hints of how Christopher Nolan likes to mess with film and time, the aspects of film and time, and kind of mix them together to kind of bring a greater cohesion to the story. Mm-hmm. You can see that a lot. Um, if anyone has not seen Memento, Memento um, it's, it stars, I believe, Guy Pierce uh, and Carrie Ann Moss. I would completely 100% recommend that movie. That movie will warp your mind. <laughs> it is it is such a fascinating take uh, on memory loss uh, and amnesia. And even though amnesia and memory loss are kind of one of the tropes, I would say, probably, right, of many stories, that Memento does it in such a way that it, I think it's hard not to hold it to a pedestal. Anyways, so from for, with The Dark Knight, uh, Christopher Nolan um, was not tr- – was basically – he had this idea that he wanted to do about the Joker. I, I don't think he originally wanted to do a sequel – um, but then hmm. I think it was either his brother or someone else approached him with this idea of what the Joker would be like, and he kind of got on board with it. Um, and so that's why we have ha- have the Dark Knight. And this is one of the most mem- memorable Jokers. Like when you go up and look up like Joker quotes or Joker things, and whatnot, most of the quotes are his. Most of the lines that you'd pay attention to are his. Even though like for like uh, um, Joker and Harley Quinn are usually two of like the most popular ones as far as like the villains go. Um, it's something where. This Joker, even though Harley Quinn's not present at all at any point, he's he's honestly like one of the most popular, at least at least throughout my lifetime so far. He this Heath Ledger's Joker has been the most popular one, even with Mark Hamill, even with um, I'm so sad that I can't remember who the other ones are. But um, even with all the other Jokers, they're all really memorable. But this one is so in another it's not just a remake it's not just like a different version it's not like a different version of the joker this is the joker as if you're watching this in an alternate universe and this is taking place like isaac said like this is like a true story that's where everything else came from right it's filmed like a true story um and one of the interesting things that i found this time or at least i was as i was watching was when the joker is being threatened with a gun in this first scene I think it's really interesting how Joker reacts to someone threatening him. He isn't scared, Mm-mm. right? He's kind of curious. Yeah. It's like he's curious about what when, when you see him kind of tilt his head to the side and look at the cat gun. Face. He, he, it, he it's like he's curious about death. He's thinking, what really would it be like if, if he shot me right and this plan wouldn't work, right? And it's this it's and that I think that immediate portrayal kind of tells us a little bit about the joker's character i really really love his character yeah it's just he's he's this he's this agent he calls himself this and it's very true he's an agent of chaos chaos, right and he what even his own death makes him curious because it's 
not part of the plan, mm-hmm. right? So what happens when stuff goes out of the plan? And then of course the, the yeah, bus comes and kills a guy. Yeah, and he's just like, all right, <laughs> let's let's just keep going, yeah. right? And so from there, um, the Joker is actually the first main character that this movie introduces. Yeah. And because of that, I think the Joker is the main character of this movie. And it becomes almost like, it, it, you can almost see it in a very twisted way where the Joker is the protagonist of this movie in a way. And Batman is the thing that's stopping the Joker. And so, and if you, if you think about it that way, because the Joker is the one that makes the story go forward. And that's really the goal of most protagonists in movies or yeah. in, in, in any form of, form of literature. Usually. They're the ones that kind of want to push the their story forward. Their wants and their needs push everything yeah. forward. And so this kind of backwards look where where you have this, the, the Joker be the first char- main character yeah. that's introduced and he's always the one pushing the yep. pushing everything forward. It, But he's not a good guy, obviously. Well, he's the he's a villain. So how could a villain be protagonist? He's not an anti-hero, right, like Batman is. No. He's not a hero. He's well, a he's, villain. He's also, he's only a villain because of the results of his actions. If his chaos were a little bit more, like, okay, so one of my favorite things, one of the things that I kind of enjoy with this, and this is, so I haven't actually watched all the Saw movies, but I understand This the plot principle. summary is going I completely know, splattered, but that's we okay. You, you keep advanced. going. <laughs> but um, with this, it's something where one of the things that the Joker does is, and part of that chaos is, what if people actually made the right choice instead of the choice that goes along with the plan instead of the choice that only serves themselves what's and that's why he's so surprised at the end but it's something where right with, that with makes that that's what scene, makes the ending so so fascinating yeah and or, that's why he's or curious not he's the like, ending oh. but the the scene right yeah. before the ending where you you see the joker that in fact what's what's even more interesting is that the joker wins at yes, the end of this movie he does right um, but he well he wins and he loses it's both he doesn't well, okay, wins, so he, he, in he this film, he does he lose. I, I would say in, in, in this film, he does lose in, in the boat contest. But what we see, the of course, in The Dark Knight Rises of, yeah, is that he was Gotham. right. Yeah. When when the chips are down, these people will, will tear each other apart, yep. right? Um, of course, we're, we're just talking about The Dark Knight here. So he, he's, but I don't, but the, he doesn't, I don't still, I still don't see him as losing at the end because as he said, he does, he didn't put his ace in the hole in the two boats. That was his distraction, yep. despite the importance on it. Yeah. His ace in the hole was Harvey Dent. Yeah. Right? And so I I it's <sighs> Poor Harvey. Despite the 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 villainy of his character, I feel like this, especially this time I was watching through, I I feel like he's the protagonist of this movie. And it's just such a strange twist. I feel on, like I wouldn't say that, but film. I get what you're I get what you're right. saying. I'm not saying he's the good guy, right? He's just the one that is pushing the story forward and thus that 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 protagonist in a sense. Um you're you're right. I don't know if protagonist <laughs> is the right word for it, but I'm just I'm gonna use it, whatever. <laughs> um and then there from there it juxtaposes into uh Batman uh kind of going after the mm-hmm. the, the mobsters and crane, right? Mm-hmm. Uh Scarecrow. And well, kind of going after him. It was good. Honestly, they kind of greet each other like, yep, that's you. Hi. Hi. I'm putting you back. Yeah, that sounds about right. Like, it's, it's such well, a normal so thing I think for that, them. that that part of the film, if we're to take the Joker as the main protagonist, yeah. now we see the main antagonist, right? Which is Batman. Oh, right? okay. We I'm see like, Batman. He's and we, like we kind of see the, the first scene is Joker's plan. But then it's also Joker's plan that these mobsters are 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 they're going to be part of his plan. So you can kind of see the scheming of his um, 
well, for lack of a better word, plan. (laughs) The scheme of his plan um, Mm. starting to take place. And there's this antagonist that dresses up as a bat (laughs) who has apparently inspired a bunch of citizens in Gotham to to also dress as a bat. Oh, that's good. <laughs> and 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 start shooting mobsters, which was interesting. Um, and I think I I wrote something here, um, which is when 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 he when he kind of that, that very famous scene where he ties all ties them all up, including the fake Batman. Yeah. And he and they're like, like we're just trying to help you, so right? What 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 makes us so different? I'm not wearing hockey pads, <laughs> right? <laughs> that's the, that's that famous line there. Um, and he's like, I don't need your help. And Scarecrow's like, right. that's not my diagnosis. <laughs> yeah. And so we know that. Batman is supposed to be a symbol to inspire. That right, that was the whole point in Batman Begins, and mm-hmm. that's kind of the whole point of this movie, right? Yeah. Uh, we know that Batman is supposed to be a symbol to inspire, but often such radical symbols actually cause radical reactions. And so rather than using the symbol as a metaphorical inspiration of doing good, people often copy the exact nature of their interpretation of it and then idolatrously believe in the symbol itself. And so in their interpretation, in the kind of crowd's interpretation of what they saw Batman, they saw a guy who dresses up as a bat and fights like a vigilante. But that wasn't his goal, right? That wasn't Batman's goal or Bruce Wayne's goal, right? That wasn't Bruce Wayne's goal in dressing up as a bat. Right, he was trying to keep Gotham safe. And he was using his own fears. But then what people interpret it as is this vigilante that comes in and beats up mobsters or um, tr- tries to tries to make tries to do things outside of the law to make everything right. Well, it's the difference between revenge and justice and these people can't see that. I think not just not just that these people can't see that, but these people are interpreting it through a faulty lens. Yeah. And so their reaction to it, their imitation of it is not uh, is not it's the not inspiration helping. of the symbol, yeah. but rather just an imitation of the specifics of that uh, of of the act, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I think that is very relevant in much of today's kind of society, where we might see something that inspires us, but instead of of kind of thinking about and incorporating that inspiration for the good, they just ins- we yeah, the we simply act. copy what that symbol did. Well, right? it's like for example, so it's twenty twenty, things are interesting and so it's something where with with the riots one of the quotes that has inspired a whole bunch of 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 people to do things is the whole uh riots are the language of the unheard and right the the idea is that okay that is a good message but the riots that are taking place they're not protests they're not even they're not even riots for the 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 original quote was by martin luther king jr and he was he was not using it as justification for the riots he was using it as in as helping people to understand why these riots were going on but he wasn't using as justification whereas now Now today it's been justification you're like no that's not the point yeah and so it's it's kind of a similar thing here with batman where these 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 people that they're saying we're trying to help you and he says, I don't need any help, right? I don't need your help don't in this way. Assistance. This is not this is not the kind of help I was looking this for. Isn't, well, yeah, it's not right? helping. And so um and then so from there we go into uh the, the, not the, who the bat gang is supposed to be. It's supposed to be the bat fan with Robin and all of them, not some random guy in hockey pets. 
Well, it's an interesting take, I think, on uh, the Return of the Dark or Dark Knight Returns, uh, a comic by Frank Miller. I believe it was that one, um, where uh, Batman is has been outlawed by the U.S. government, and he has to go underground. Um, and but he's raising this Batman army, um, and I think <laughs> oh. kind of Nolan kind of just flips it on its head, yeah. head there. And so the next thing that we go into is the um, they go into this uh, they go and or Gordon Lieutenant Gordon right he's this third character that's been introduced and he goes into the bank that's been robbed and Batman comes in as well right and Batman makes his singular mistake here one man or the entire mob the Joker can wait, right? Or he, he says he can wait, right? Um, and obviously, he doesn't he know doesn't the understand. threat, right? He doesn't understand the threat of the Joker yet, um, which is... He just... will! <laughs> right, he will. <laughs> um, from there, we go into... Batman goes home, and he... he or not his, his new penthouse <laughs> kind of thing, right? And he talks about... To, to Michael Caine, or sorry, Alfred, <laughs> that he can't afford to know his weaknesses, right? Yeah. Um, and I, I just, when I was watching this movie, I kind of just sat there a little bit, and I've, I have a few notes on, on, the, on the scenes that follow, but I had to sit there and think about it because what, what he said there, which is I can't afford to know them. I can't mm-hmm. afford to know when I have gone too far and so therefore would stop, Yep. right? Um, and I just, I, I, don't, I don't know why, but this time I just, I kind of sat there and just thought, like that's such a really that's such a fascinating thing, in in light of the movie, right? In light well, of and the that's story. That's one of the reasons why he's a right. hero is that, and this is where heroes do, hero doesn't necessarily mean healthy, and so one of the things that the heroes normally that's part and, of the point of the Dark Knight, yeah, right? And so even though this isn't on my top ten, and just for just for fun, um, this is one of those things where I, in a lot of my main characters, you have this kind of theme running through them of they. A lot of them don't know when to stop giving or they don't know when to stop helping or what. And so they just they they give to the point where there's nothing left of themselves and they're just this shell of a person. And so it's something where Batman is doing this thing where he is giving all of himself to Gotham, which is one of the reasons why he can't be with Rachel, because there's nothing left for her. He's so Batman that yes, he's Bruce Wayne, but like like in the beginning of the thing, he's he's falling asleep in business meetings. He looks like your average oh, yeah. playboy who's funny. just falling asleep and just <laughs> Mr. Wayne. We can, I'd love to express on behalf of um, Wayne Enterprises and of um, Mr. Wayne himself our Bruce Wayne is sleeping excitement over this potential deal, Mr. Lau, and and it's just and Batman has taken over his life. I think that actually, I I think that that sleeping scene was really indicative of it's an it was the indication of he no longer he was not caring about he i mean his image is bruce wayne no no no. it it wasn't about bruce wayne it was he had already done the work he already doesn't care about his image as bruce wayne um that was very clearly shown i think people say whatever they want to so so yeah but, but in a sense he that that scene was supposed to be juxtaposed with the next one where Morgan Freeman, Lucius Fox, there you go. Uh, Lucius Fox was talking to Bruce Wayne. And he goes, oh, you've already kind of taken a look and you don't, you don't really want it. He's like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I've already yeah. taken a look at his books. I, I don't want to do look. business. I don't want to, I don't want to do business with him. So you know that the reason why he invited Lau into Gotham was so that he can, as Batman, go take a look um, at his, at, at his stuff in a more intimate way. And so I, I, I don't see the, the sleeping scene as something that he was just kind of lax with it was actually him being batman and but that that is actually one of the things it's that batman has consumed his 
his life, life. right? He he Just is everything. the Dark Knight, right? Yeah. Uh, that's the thing that Rachel Dawes says at the end of Batman Begins, yeah. which is you, this is your mask. Bruce Wayne is your mask. The real person is yeah. um, is is Batman, um, and I think the Dark Knight really kind of just takes that premise and stretches yep. it and 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 see how. Not how long it. does it take Batman to break? And right. he's still at the end not of in the a movie. bad way, but just we see yeah. what the toll is of yep. this kind of character on, on the man. Mm-hmm. And so we have that, and then we have the scene with the restaurant that we we, we already talked about, and then from there we get Joker's second introduction. And I was surprised this time because I, when you think Joker, you think this scene. Joker comes into this mobster room in the in broad daylight, and he does the pencil trick. Right, that's the Joker mm. scene. Right, but it actually you goes. Want to see a magic trick? Yeah, it goes in. Um, it's such a. Uh, how, how do you say this? There's actually quite a bit of time before you see this movie. There's so much setup that happens yeah. in terms of the character. The Joker has already been introduced, but there's there's setup of that character, there's setup of his plans, and then there's setup of what Joker is going up against, which is Gordon, Bruce Wayne Batman, well, also, Harvey Dent, Maggie Gyllenhaal. And Sorry, the Rachel mob. Dawes. He's also right? going and against then the, mob. the mob. So you He's see this. He's against everyone. It's He's paced, for no one. Yeah, it's paced as if Joker is the main protagonist because we, see, we get introduced to him and then we mm. see what he's up against. And then now for the first time, after all of that, we see how he deals with the first of these problems, which is the mobsters, right? And a lot of people that I've seen, they call this the second introduction, right? Um, or they, they call, and it's an introduction still of the Joker because we still don't really know, not, not really, what the Joker is kind of all about. And then he does the pencil trick, <laughs> right? It's still and, a little startling. Even when I know what's going to happen, it's still just a look because it's so fast. And then it's over. It's And brutal. then he ignores it. It's just, it's done. Did you know that they did that scene multiple times and Heath Ledger physically slams the guy's head into that table? Multi- I think it was like 10 times or something like That's that. That's brain damage. Yeah, so the guy was talking about how, um, I think it was, oh, what's his name? The The... The mobster that gets killed. Yeah. I forgot the actor's name. He's really uh, famous. He's really, really yeah, famous. Yeah, no, he is. Uh, I like him Is a it lot. Michael J. Tom? No, no. Oh, man. I, I'm, I'm not going to remember now. But I think he, they were doing nope. an interview with him. Um, and he was talking about how that slam happened. And one of the slams, the guy actually blacked out. <laughs> oh, dang. And so those those were real um, that, that you see there. And then you, and it's just – it brings that that – I mean – Hopefully the guy's okay. Probably. <laughs> my, my hope is that the guy is okay. Uh, but it brings such a reality to the situation where you know that that slam is actually happening for real. Like it's it, And it just feels visceral. It feels just you see the brutality of, of the Joker in that moment. And immediately we understand kind of just within that one action, oh, the Joker's not kidding around. He's going he's gonna to kind of get stuff done, right? Yeah. And... I, I wrote a little funny note here. It's, I, I wrote, how did he even get in? <laughs> that was one of the things that everyone comes in and they have to do all the gun tests and whatnot. And I but feel how like, did he even get into well, the okay. restaurant? Right? One of my questions is, so with the bank scene, the net, with the mob scene, Mr. Lau moved the money and one of the banks that they're, that, that, that um, Gordon and them are investigating is the bank that the Joker robbed. Mm-hmm. So did Mr. Lau hire the Joker to help move some of the money? 
because that would connect it in there in a way that it hadn't been connected. So like it's one of those things where and this did, probably wait, was already did the mobsters already hire the no, Joker? No, 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 Mr. Lau. Did Mr. Lau hire the Joker to help him move the mobsters' money when he knew they were already going to say yes? I don't think so. Because they left the bills. I don't and it think was that so. Bank. I don't think so. I don't think there's much of a hint of that. Well, um, exactly. There's no hint of it at all, except that he's able to get right. the movie, which means it's possibly got from Mr. Lau. He was able to figure things out and actually get through them, and maybe his men trusted something like that. No, I think it's through. more like the Joker has men on the inside of the mobsters, and they just they, they kind of let him through. The reason I put how did he even get in is just we're so I think the 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 film entrances us uh, entrances enchants yeah. us. There you go. Um, entrances in, us too. Uh, the the film enchants us so much with the Joker. We don't even really think about these things. Um, we immediately know he's a, a guy with a plan from the very beginning. So when we get to this scene where he just kind of walks in, we don't we don't really care. Like we 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 understand who the character is. Well, when everything goes according to plan, even if we don't know the plan, everyone's fine. Right. And so he does in this scene show a weakness that I find absolutely fascinating signature um, he, he has he has a weakness which is when people call him a freak or people call him crazy yeah and that extends through the rest of the movie and i think it's really interesting here because we see this weakness when when, when someone whenever someone in in the dark knight calls him a freak or whenever call they, they call him crazy he goes he, he he suddenly starts to stutter a little bit Right. It's it's a it's it's a kind of psychological hold on him mm -hmm. that that we don't really we, we get a little bit disturbed by. But we're kind of like, oh, no, I do the same exact thing of a freak. There are certain things that when people say them to me, I instantly kind of freeze a little bit. And I'm just like, like, I, I, I have to and I talk a lot. I can be very silent when I when I feel the need to be silent and whatnot. But usually when I'm excited about things, I tend to talk a lot. But there are certain things that people will say to me where I will just kind of start shutting down. And I and I so when when he does this, I'm instantly like, I understand. Mm -hmm. Instantly. Yeah. And it's it makes the it makes the movie, the character of the Joker very fascinating because if we look at the entire movie, and this is a lot of how Nolan films uh his movies. Nolan is very, very kind of logical in, in the way that he films right and the joker is kind of this characterization of it he doesn't think that he's crazy he thinks he's the only one that's sane well to some extent right? he kind of is well that's what the movie boundaries. is that in a sense is what the movie is trying to prove that's the, kind of the message of the in a sense the message of the movie is that the joker despite his villainy is may be the only he's one the only with one a truly solid honest head. on it like as far as like honesty goes he's pretty freaking upfront and honest well, about what he's up to you would say as, as far as authenticity goes <laughs> right he, yeah. he is and so when someone calls him a freak when someone calls him crazy it it's kind of a a, a immediately causes an insane kind of yeah. dissonance in his in his cognition because he goes in his mind he truly believes i am the only one that is rational I'm the only one that thinks rationally about anything. And that's right? why he's trying to bring like Batman over with him is and that's why he's so much fun is cuz he's so close to that line of of truth mm -hmm. or of sanity that the Joker sees. He's like if I can just push him, if I can just get him right there. Right. And then so that from there we go into the scene where uh the 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 what do you call it? Um Gordon meets with Harvey Dent, right? Mm -hmm. that first time and they're sitting across the table yeah. and then dent is trying to 
Like, I want in. I want oh, your yeah. trust. He wants the Batman. I really want your trust. And yeah. it's just, and he's like, well. And there's just, there's actually a lot of symbolatry behind that, that just one, just that one scene. But the only thing I wrote down so far, and the only thing I'm going to talk about right now is just, he, uh, Gordon says, we're going after the mob savings. Things could get ugly. <laughs> right? And Life just, savings. <clears throat> you just, you, you understand, having watched the movie, I think, when you watch the second time or third time or fourth time, mm. whatever it is, when you see, when you hear that things could get ugly, you go, yeah, things are gonna get really, really bad uh, for you, for you guys. Fall apart. Yeah, um, and so yeah, so from there we go and kind of get into Lao's capture sequence. Uh, again, I wish I saw this in IMAX. I just, I this is one of those movies where I want to see this movie in IMAX. I, I think like it's, it's just. It's when Batman swoops in from the tall towers yep. of Hong Kong and just hits that window. When you see the the, the pan of, of of the city, it's so beautiful um, that I just wish I saw saw, saw this movie in IMAX. <laughs> and so, um, oh, and I, I think it's really funny when uh, Har- Harvey Dent has has a reaction to Batman. Um, what do you call it? Absconding with the the ballet, <laughs> ballet thing, oh! and he's just looking at that. He's just like Bruce he's like Wayne. in disbelief. Maggie, Jill, oh sorry, Rachel, Rachel Dawes is like, of course, but of then course. Harvey Dent's just like he did. He can do that. <laughs> the, I feel like he doesn't understand just how powerful Bruce Wayne is, and and he kind of he, I don't he might actually believe in the in Bruce Wayne the way everyone else does of just he's this billionaire playboy who just kind of messes around and does things and he's just eh. i think that moment dawns on him right you the, the 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 character of harvey dent is kind of this pure he starts as this pure but very strong-willed character but slowly as you go through the movie he gets entrenched i in would say he has the, a very strong sense of justice i still wouldn't say he's pure because we had this conversation and it was like yeah strong strong sense of comes justice. off as pure but when you when you hear him talk about his past he's done some things to get yeah, where yeah. he's at yeah, yeah. sorry so I, I shouldn't have said pure that was my fault um he is yeah truly very justice seeking kind of guy mm-hmm. right um very, very bombastic man Yes, and yeah. that's that's that, that's, that's the, the mirror, right? That's the that's the yeah. mirror, the white knight versus the dark knight, yep. right? Um, and Joker is how can we make the white knight fall, right? And so he mm. has this uh, he has this intuition for justice, and so this scene, I think, when you pay attention to Aaron Eckhart, just does this so well. He was just the, his facial expression of that disbelief of what a rich person can do instantly mm-hmm. when he wants to, right? And just that that that. Again, kind of dissonance in his cognition when that happens, and it's that beginning of it's not his fair. right. It's not fair. It's not fair, right? and that's one of Harvey Dent's biggest things, yep. and that what that's what leads to his downfall. He was going to have a great date with his, you know, little boo thing. Yeah, like his his, his fiance <laughs> or I, no, I guess girlfriend, girlfriend wanting to be fiance. Right, they're not engaged, right? and so. And then just so unfair. This yeah. billionaire guy. That's even it's 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 his girlfriend's best friend, friend yeah. <laughs> right? And he and he is able he didn't even to consider do, other people right. theoretically. Exactly. Yeah. And so just and again just that juxtaposition then between his view of Bruce Wayne and his view of the Batman, right? Yeah. Despite them being the same exact characters, right? And he never finds out. He never finds out that they. Are the same same people. I forgot about that. Right? And it, so his so that 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 little through thread of you, you see the corruption start to sprinkle in, and you see him going, okay, maybe maybe it's that that fairness it doesn't exist 
right? In people, right? Maybe justice can't exist in people. And he loses his hope. Right. And his hope is what made him a hero. Right. And and he. I mean, and, he even yeah. defends Batman. Like he's so hard. He, well, <laughs> he's same, so hardcore defending same. Batman. <laughs> I like okay that just I get that everything mm-hmm. about this movie. Like and, and again, I really do love this movie. I absolutely recommend it. The only reason it's not in my top ten is because every time I see it, there is this sense of like sadness and 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 grief at the end of the movie because I don't. I I this is probably an issue, but I. I am a very lax version of Batman. I rebel. I do things because I don't trust an authority to actually take care of things that need to get taken care of. And so I don't have the money or I don't have the, like, kick-ass skills yet to be able to, like, take down people who are hurting other people. Um, But that sense of justice, that sense of, like, something is wrong here and, like, we should fix it. And also the knowledge that most people don't – okay, most people, in my experience, don't care. Not really. They might say they care, but they don't really care. And so it's something where with Batman, with Harvey, both of them idealize the other. And so Batman genuinely is like, Harvey is this amazing, like, pure person. Batman genuinely believes in Harvey Dent. And Harvey Dent genuinely believes in Batman. And so they both end up hurting each other because of their belief in the rightness of the other person. Right. Um, Which is... And they're both crooked mm. in a sense, right? Yeah. Um, both, both not in a sense. They are both they're crooked. Broken. <laughs> they're broken. They're people. part of they. They. They're both continuing a broken system, and neither of them quite recognizes it. Yeah, and of course, uh, let's let's skip ahead a little bit um, into that fundraising scene, right? Mm. And again, also again, Rachel gets proposed to twice in one night. Right. What? Oh my! Just like yeah, no, just Bruce Wayne and Harvey Dent, two of like Gotham's well, most prominent people. Well, he didn't propose people. to her, right? He, he okay. just said he has I talked give up about Batman. forever with her their entire life. So yes, that was a proposal. It was just a very casual proposal. I wouldn't say that he he did that for their entire life. So I would I, say for most of think... it, he's been in love with her for like pretty much his entire life, just like she was in love with him. It's just that she gave up on him. Uh I wouldn't say that. Um, okay, I'm the romantic here, so my opinion is probably not going to change on this, but that's okay if you have a different one. But, well, just looking at Batman Begins and then kind of following the trajectory of the character, um, it's I think it's actually quite clear she doesn't have the same feelings for Batman, and she probably never really did. Um, or, sorry, not Batman, for Bruce Wayne. Um, and she probably never really did. She just, you know, he, he, she has sympathies for him and has attraction to him. It's very clear, obviously, that, that Bruce is in love Absolutely with and with has him. has um, holds Rachel Dawes as that the Super epitome of, of his life, right? Yes. Um, he actually holds both of them, right, which is interesting. He, he holds Harvey Dent as the deliverance of himself from Batman, and he holds Rachel Dawes as the, de- uh, the, the deliverance for unto Bruce, his life yeah. for Bruce Wayne, right? Well, and it's also the same thing with Alfred. Alfred is his... Alfred's on a pedestal too, of like protector, guide, like father figure. Like he's. he's I don't actually think Alfred is on a pedestal though, because he's, he's his advice is not really. uh, But he's like dad. Kids don't always listen to their dads, but they know that. But that's not putting him on a pedestal. Dad is there for them. That's not putting him on a pedestal. That's just recognizing that this guy is probably the only father figure he's ever had. Part of the thing with with parenthood is the fact that usually your kids don't recognize the fact that you're human too. They don't they don't they don't see that. So Batman doesn't really see any of Alfred's flaws. We don't really see any of Alfred's flaws. Now part of it's because Alfred is perfect and amazing and I love him. But it's also something where you can kind of see that as he's going through is that Batman. I think you're projecting. Here. Maybe I think you're projecting because the story doesn't really go into that. Alfred is much more well, of the conscience in this story, 
Um, but the conscience in the end, and we've talked about this, that makes the mistake, right? But we uh, also know that Alfred mistake. has a past. Alfred has done things with sure. the yeah, different yeah, military yeah. backgrounds and whatnot. So, but but it's, that's that's not necessarily again like Bruce doesn't really listen to Alfred, and that's actually part of the the story of Batman that he has this conscience that we see in in, in the character of Alfred, but he's not listening to it. He's, he, he refuses to listen to this con- this conscience that's telling him like you need and if if you take and if you break down the Mi- Michael Caine lines some of them are a little bit dissonant with each other but they they don't they don't break his character or anything but they, they're kind of dissonant with each other when you when you understand he's actually kind of uh some at, at, at different points in time he contradicts himself mm-hmm. but to the point where he is kind of mentoring that or mentoring Bruce Wayne and so you can you can you can think that he justifies it in himself in order to do so. Um, but again, I mean, just in terms of the story, Batman does like, like in the, the I think the character of Michael Caine represents that conscience and he doesn't listen to it. He doesn't listen to that conscience and it's, it becomes a point of contention in, 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 in the, in the story. Mm-hmm. And so we go, we get to this fundraising scene and when, when Bruce talks to, uh, Rachel Dawes. I, I keep wanting to call her Maggie Gyllenhaal. Um, but when Bruce talks to Rachel He has a really bad Rachel time Dawes, with names yeah, so, in well, general. I mean, Maggie Gyllenhaal is the, the, the actress. Whether they're fictional so, or not. Well, Maggie is, is, is fine, right? And so when he, <laughs> when he talks to Maggie, uh, he says, Gotham needs a hero with a face. Right? And it's, it, it's this desire to, to kind of pass on the responsibility of what he's done to, to Harvey. Um, but... Well, he also, he's tired. It's... Yeah, and he's he's but tired it's, of being. He's only been thing. Batman for what, maybe two years, because at the at the start of this movie they're like, oh, it's been a year of Batman's reign, which means that I think because it was I think it was like six months or something that it took him to get the whole Batman thing up and running, right? So I think it's less than two years. It he's been time. Batman for less than two years, but he's been he's been right. He's just it's tiring to be that, and and on top of that, everyone is is looking for him and expecting him. And what about all the people he's not saving? Because there you you can't stop all crime everywhere. So there are still people with bad things happening to them across the city that now they have instead of the blaming like the cops or blaming the mob they're blaming batman for not being there to save them those kind of expectations they they weigh on you yeah and i think what's really interesting as we when you're when you're moving forward um with with the story um that that weight gets kind of get, gets heavier and heavier and so that this scene is very suddenly but very smoothly transitions into the assassination right of Commissioner Loeb and the judge. Mm-hmm. And then the Joker comes looking for Harvey Dent, doesn't find anybody. Um, instead, he finds Maggie Gyllenhaal. I'm just going to call mm-hmm. her that. <laughs> and, and he throws her off a roof, right? Um, I think Rachel, Rachel's death, oh. if we look at this scene, is her own fault. Because Bruce Wayne told her to hide, and she didn't. And instead, that's true, right? She she kind of revealed herself, right? And Joker saw that Batman would go after Harvey's squeeze, yeah, no matter what. And from there, yeah. he goes, "Okay, now I have a plan to destroy this guy," right? Yep. And so Rachel's death is in a sense her own fault. And then he fault. knows that Batman will go to save Rachel, so he and in a sense Harvey's is a little bit as well. Harvey's two face at the end, right? Yep. And and I, I I find that really fascinating uh, to 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 and of course, <laughs> I love that Joker reveals here that his stories are f- it's bullcrap. <laughs> yeah, 
um, I, I love that. At first, when, when I was watching this movie, at the very first time you see him, uh, re- like when he's about he to talks cut about the, his dad, yeah, he talks about like his he's, wife, he cut these like, he cut these things on me, and he and he um, the wife one is my favorite, by the way, because that oof. yeah, and but you you, you I think he talks about the wife one here, right? When when he's talking to uh, to Rachel. <laughs> and so he's talking Never to her, and, and and he 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 shares a, a completely different story about how yep. he he got the scars, um, and it's just it's great that his stories are bullcrap. I well, love part that. Of me, what, one of the things that okay now again I have had many people tell me that this is probably not accurate, but for me, one of the one of my favorite things just psycho just from a psychological aspect uh, psychological point, most people their memories are their perspective of what actually happened. They're not actually real. So they're real for that person. You're living out of, of, of the beliefs and the, the the reality that was created for you in that moment out of that memory that you have. But those memories might actually be false. And so one of my favorite things, which is, again, I've been told by many people this is probably not true, but one of the things that I love pondering is the idea that what if he actually isn't sure? What if he has many memories of different things happening where his face was cut open, whether by himself or by someone else? And so he just goes with, with what, whichever story feels like the right story in the moment and obviously that means that it's not true but you also there's a sense of doubt because one of them might be well i think i think he that might be hidden under somewhere i do think he adopts the story that he wants to because again his idea of reality isn't uh isn't truth it's not truth it's chaos Right. And so it fits with his reality that he has maybe multiple backgrounds. But I think it's it's for as an audience, it's just for me, at least it's great to to understand, to realize his stories are bullcrap. You mm-hmm. can't you can't really listen to what he's saying. Um, he doesn't give you a backstory because, to sympathize with because you don't you know, it's not it's most likely not real. Well, that's that's part of his the character. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I, I remember when I was discussing with a, this this movie with a friend um, a long time ago. And he was talking about he was frustrated with the fact that the Joker doesn't have a real backstory because it can't, it doesn't make you connect with him as a villain. But I was telling him like that's act I I believe that's what makes the Joker so brilliant. It's this idea, like w- w- I think in the modern day, everyone wants this in depth villain based on character history, but that's not the only way to do depth of character. Mm-hmm. And I think the Joker in this way does depth of character chaos so well he, yep. he upholds that that idea of chaos so 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 well and so yeah i just i, I love that his his backstory is bullcrap <laughs> um and so we get from there and then batman starts to do his detective work he has to find out now that rachel is threatened he has to find out who this joker guy is right but of course that we that leads into the scene with um Loeb's funeral right where gordon dies supposedly mm-hmm. right and then uh, harvey captures this schizophrenic person um he doesn't know he's schizophrenic but um he, he captures he him and it says rachel guy. dawes yeah. on, on, the, on that thing because you know he joker knows. knows that that, that that's the, that's the person that um that that he loves the most and he just from that moment he breaks i think and there is a moment where he breaks he down the line also have actually i think intended- he broke there he might have intended for Batman or Harvey to see it. It didn't matter who saw it, but whoever saw it was going to break a little right. bit when he saw them. Because when, remember, yeah. Scarecrow and Batman have a really big back and forth dynamic going on. So honestly, it makes sense that either of them would have had that. That is one of the reasons why when Batman finds Harvey about to like theoretically shoot the Scarecrow, which he wouldn't have done. We know that later. Um, it's, it's kind of like a big moment of just like, wait a second. 
Yeah. And so Rachel is threatened. And from here, we get the really the only real scene where Harvey and Batman are talking together. Have an interaction. Right? And and I, I just I love how how devastated Harvey is when Batman says he's gonna reveal himself, right? Yeah. Just that you can't give in, right? He he he's telling. And he's spitting he, at this point. He's yeah. he's upset. He is furious. Because he he for him it's again Rachel's threatened, yeah. but also his ability to make things right is now also threatened, right? And it's you see that that trauma on his face. You can't give in. I I just that th- that mm. this watch through. I just I was so like I guess. Yeah. I don't like using this word. But it but is that impacted. is when he breaks. That is definitely <laughs> when Harvey first starts to break. And that's one of the reasons why he's why he gives himself up. And he's like, I'm the Batman. Right. And we're like, what? Yeah. And here, Michael, Mike, not Michael Caine, Alfred. Uh, Alfred says something, right? That's when Rachel asks him, why is Bruce letting Harvey do this? Right? He goes, that's the sacrifice he's making. He's not being a hero. He's being something more. Yeah. Right. Um, and it, it's that. Again, Alfred is that conscience that 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 we hear, right? He, he he's saying the things that that conscious consci- the conscience will say in order to kind of in a sense correct but also justify in a sense because Alfred doesn't believe and the conscience doesn't believe, right? That Batman's face should be shown, right? That defeats the whole purpose of the Batman, yep. right? And so he's not he's not being the hero. He's being something more. And of course, Rachel takes that as He's not, of course he's not. He's not being a hero at all. He's letting the person that I love, the one that I want to stay with, the one that I've chosen um, to to die, right? And that's why Rachel chooses Harvey is because Harvey, even if at the end of the, like the the last bit of the movie, Harvey is not himself anymore. The idea is that he is, out of all the characters in the movie outside of maybe Rachel, he is the most true to himself, like true to himself, not just true to the city or not just true to justice or not just true to this. He's true to himself. And so Rachel is able to see that. Um, and I just, yeah, I know it's, it's, that makes sense why she chooses him. Yeah. And in this way, actually Rachel is, and, and I'm just thinking about this now. It's just, she's actually chosen the two sides of Batman, mm-hmm. right? She's chosen to have the face that, that can be shown to be with mm-hmm. that person. Right. But still have this clinging relationship to Batman. And I think that if if we were to if we are to, to say that Rachel is truly attracted to anything, it is that image of justice yeah. of Batman. Um, and that's why she says that in the at the end of Batman Begins, this is your mask. Bruce Wayne is your mask and Batman is your real self. Um, she, that's that's the one that she's actually if she, if, if we're to say she that is in sense. love with. It's that that I that that ideal. She's in love with justice. Yeah. So. <laughs> Um, okay. The chase is great. Justice never sleeps for a reason. Hey, sorry, that was really bad. I'm so sorry. No idea where that came from, but the chase that Joker has with oh, Harvey Dent is great. I think there is a point where the Joker goes, "Huh?" Right when it's revealed that like this, the the tumbler, right, the uh, the bat Batmobile, the tumbler, the tank Batmobile comes in and, I also and, and want rescues. One of those. I mean, everyone wants one everyone of those. Everyone wants one of those. And so he goes, huh? Like, he, he goes, oh, I think he really did believe that Harvey Dent was Batman. Um, well, it makes and, so much sense. Right. To him, it makes a lot of sense. Well, that's why the whole prima ballerina thing in the beginning of the movie, when you put the little, like, what is, the, is Harvey Dent Batman? Like, it's to give you the foreshadowing of everyone's going to believe that. Right. It makes yeah, yeah. sense. And so so when ba- when the troop Dark Knight comes in, he's like, huh? He's a little bit taken aback. And I, I really like that little Just moment. Just a right? And so he's taken in. Um uh, right before he's taken in, again, the Joker, when Batman's riding his uh, 
bat yeah. cycle at him, right? I know the bat cycle Batmobile more than Rachel Dawes <laughs> and Alfred. That's, that makes sense. That's a little knowing bit sad. you as a person. <laughs> but uh, uh, Batman's riding his bat cycle at mm-hmm. uh, at the Joker, yeah. and Joker's like, "Do it! Do it! I want Let's you to play do chicken. it! Let's go!" Um, and he's <laughs> and it's just, and it, it just confirms to me like he is curious what death really is like he's actually has this curiosity well, it's, it's about it it's not just death is the death is the ultimate last final act of chaos in someone's life because most people even if you and this is this right is stuck, yeah it's but very even if you cha- plan chaotic for death mm-hmm. the second you actually experience it usually there's there's a bit of of just like oh it. like there's there's no right so for him oh. maybe in this in this case it is that experience of i be, being that agent of chaos i want i want it like i want you to do this because this is not part of the plan yeah. right you can't kill people i know that and this will be fair right? if i die uh, maybe this, unconsciously. this is fair right well i don't know no no he doesn't care about fair that's that's well, harvey's uh, thing well that was right? okay that was what he and the joker is chaos, chaos right to, he, to he was going right he knows how to use that's people, okay right he knows yeah, how he to might manipulate not believe people. The chaos is fair and so but to him it's just a curiosity like this is if if this happens this will break the plan i wonder what that looks like right but of course when batman can't do it you see almost like the, the very famous yeah the very famous look that joker gives him behind him right he's like really he he he's disappointed yeah. like but it's like this and then he goes and then he immediately goes all right back let's to, yeah back to, l- back, back to back to the plan right um and it's oh, I, I just love it so much um I, lo- I love this movie so much uh and when joker is being interrogated right like when he goes does it depress does it depress you commissioner to know just how just a, how alone you really are Right. And I think that hits so much <laughs> if you're if you're rooting for Gordon, right? Because he is alone. He is completely alone. And you've just seen some of his officers right. do things like yeah. you know things are going down, and you're like, oh no. He's completely alone. He he thought he had the day saved, and immediately Harvey Dent is kidnapped, and uh, Rachel Daw is Daw Dawes Daw Dawes is kidnapped, right? And immediately the the, the fall. And you see it on uh, Gary Oldman's face. I think just the, the actor for, for 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 Gordon, um, he's just the yeah, he's completely he depressed. He's done, right? And then like, and then the moment you know that he saw the Batman behind him, and he goes, "Okay, all right, you want to play this game? I'll play this game, right?" But it's 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 not a it's not really a strong man's kind of. Uh, like a statement, he's kind of defeated at that yep. moment, right? No, he lets Batman take over because normally, uh, because um, that's Gordon, the only one he trusts. Well, Gordon is usually he's one of the good guys, right? And so for him to just f it, I don't care anymore. I can't, I can't, I am, I am alone. Yeah, Batman is the only person <laughs> I have to rely on. Someone in a no. bat suit. That is what <laughs> that is what my life and my that, career have come that, to. That is the summary of his life at that point, right? <laughs> and it's just so sad. He's like, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. That works. And I also, oh, that's also one of my favorite things is the, first of all, true villains, good villains, mm-hmm. give advice to other people. So one of my favorite things is is Bat, uh, when Batman does the whole like face I mean, slam I into they, the desk. I do that. Um, no, 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 they do. Because, okay, for me personally, okay, technically I'm not a villain, but it's something where like if someone steals something and I pay attention and I'm seeing, I'm like, really? You're going to do it that obviously? Like at least, like I'm not, I can't even respect you for this. Like there's no, there's no 
Like you're not right, even right, talented, right. okay? And so it's so it's one of those like when Batman slams the Joker's head on the desk, he's like, "Come on!" So it's not really advice in a good way. It's just like it's like, "Oh man, I thought to better justify of you than this." Certain, this is yeah. This is this is where I get condescending. You get condescending with film. I get condescending with like dishonest actions. But um, it's something where um, the Joker's like, "Yeah, no, like you know, you should know better. You don't ever slam someone's head because then they don't hit, they don't feel the next thing." And then Batman whacks him. He's like, "See," and it's just and it's ooh. Yes, no, I think right, that... Right, because when he hits him on in the in the hand, he's trying to feel it, but he doesn't. Yeah. So he's like, see? <laughs> like, I don't, I didn't feel that because my head is very woozy, right? Yeah. And I think in this moment when there... Th- this is that confrontation, and again, there's tons of video essays on YouTube oh, yeah. about this. Um, but the, the thing that I took away from it was when Joker says, I know the truth, there's no, uh, there's no going back. They don't pretend to be one of them you might you're not one of you're them. not one of them even if you would like to be yeah. to them you're a freak right yeah. and it's really interesting i think that joker uses the the attack against him that he perceives that is his weakness he projects as on the batman but he, it's true he, right he he uses it as a projection on batman mm-hmm. he believes that his weakness is everyone else's weakness which is pretty like I, I mean, it's pretty substantiated in terms of like well, if the, you the had psychology of somebody. That you care about or that you're trying to protect, and they all turn around and call you a monster and a freak and crazy. Well, I'm just talking about in terms destro- of the psychology, it, it, it right? You. Of 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 a person. Normally, we oh, believe city. that the, that this is this person's weakness, mm-hmm. but we think of it in a way that is actually, if we if we kind of draw it out, it is actually our own weakness. Mm-hmm. Well, one um, of the things is your your core beliefs create your reality and so that's why it's important to pay attention to what they are but with the joker he creates the reality that and then he drags batman into it as well yeah but i think batman in a sense it's that's that's not his weakness right his weakness isn't that people are going to call him a freak his weakness is that he can't actually save people right he can't save the people that he cares about the most right and this is where Joker has that great line. You have nothing to threaten me with, nothing to do with all your strength, right? And it's, it, that's what hits home to, 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 yeah. to, to Batman. Because, I mean, Joker at that point, he knows all he has to do is give the answer and then the, the pain will stop, right? I mean, I don't even know if he's in but pain, but, <laughs> but the, the beating will stop. He also likes that, though, because, again, pain is either part of the plan or it's part of chaos, but it's one of the two, and he can he, that, that's okay. Well, I think he's thinking, I got to do the rest of the plan, so I'm going to do this. He also loves revealing what he deems to be true humanity, and so it's something where one of the things, one of the reasons he's disappointed with the boat scene, one of the reasons why the bank scene goes so well is because he relies on when you, what was it, what's the, what's the scene where it's like, um, if you, uh, where the city will tear itself apart? What's mm-hmm. that thing? There's, there's a line, he says. When all the chips are down, these people... We'll tear uh, the we'll city te- apart or tear we'll themselves tear the, apart. Yeah, we'll tear, we'll tear each other apart or something. <laughs> so, like and that. one of my um, one uh, one of my friends, uh, this band that we love, it's called the Deer Hunter, like like my deer. Anyway, um, and so one of the lines is like um, uh, uh, love us, even though wait no, love us, love us in spite of what we'll do to you. And it's very that's very much like the theme of Gotham is like 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 Batman still takes care of them and protects them and does all this, all of this. Th- what you would normally consider just loving, kind of, it is. It, it, this is his way of being able to love and protect his city, mm-hmm. and love and protect these people. And despite all of the efforts that he's done, this city turns their back on him so right. quickly. Yeah. Like Gordon's the only one. That's that. That's not entirely true. 
there are some people, but th- they're hopeless people. The hopeless people are the only people who hope in Batman. Everyone who has the hope in themselves or hope in, hope in justice or hope in someone else, they're, qu- they're, they're quick to turn on Batman. But all the people who, they have no hope left. Right. There's nothing left except their Dark Knight. And that's it. Yeah, and that's where, um, I mean, th- this goes into then the, the death of Rachel. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I mean, you're also okay. You are skipping the boat scene, so we've referenced the boat scene. But basically, with the boat scene, um, because this plays in between um, the boat scene is at the end. No, the boat scene is before Rachel. Which boat scene are you talking about? The two boats. Yeah, that's at the end. That's before. No, because Batman's beating up the Joker before he has to go rescue Rachel. Isn't that part of the capture in the building? Is the boats and the capture, and he captures him and he brings him into the cell? No. No. Okay. No, you're right. Well, no, it is right before Rachel. No. The boats are at the oh, end. Oh, I'm see, I'm mixing things up. I'm sorry. I get really excited about the boat scene. Just, I'm sorry. The I'm Joker genuinely is captured expecting because this because he was going after Harvey Dent in the SWAT car. Fine, <laughs> be accurate. Wow. <laughs> uh. I've wanted to talk about the boat scene since the first five minutes of this. Okay, so I'm just, I'm like, I'm jump, I'm jumping the boat. Anyway, all right. So, so let me try to get to there Rachel. as fast as I can. So Rachel at this, the Joker does the switch, right? And he and. He, because he knows that Batman can get to um, the, this person the most, and so Bat- and he knows just from experience, Batman will go rescue Rachel, whoever she is. You know, Batman will rescue this person no matter what. And so he flips them, and then Rachel, but it ends up being Harvey, right? Harvey mm-hmm. Dent and Rachel. Um, and and but jo- and it switches between Joker about to escape and Batman and Gordon trying to rescue these two people, right? And it's it's. A clever juxtaposition because Joker says right before Rachel and Harvey are are dying, or uh, right before Rachel dies and Harvey gets his face blasted, he says that in their last moments, people reveal to you who they really are, and it's it's just this tension that's being built that from the dialogue, from the music, you just see it Mm. go, and you go, okay, when Rachel and Harvey are dying, you see who they really are. Rachel truly desires she actually doesn't want to live right because she knows she has to choose between these two people and she doesn't want to she can't right but and harvey is all about i we've got to get out of here we've got to get this done and you see that in their last moments as as them being true to who they are and then uh they get blown to bits right um yeah uh it's also a good commentary, I think, on how Batman was able to get to them, but the police were not. I'm just going to throw well, that out accurate. there. <laughs> well, that's accurate. Uh, I'm just going to throw a, that out there. Joke. It's an interesting uh, commentary, I think. Um, that's a running joke. Joker's it's hello there to Lau after he breaks out. So creepy. <laughs> hello there. <laughs> and Lau's just clearly like, um, I'm going to die. <laughs> yep, he knows. I'm done. He I'm, knows. I'm going to die. Right. And so, of course, um, Michael Caine as Alfred, he has to... He has to console yeah. Bruce Wayne, and he tells him, you spat in the faces of Gotham's criminals. What did you expect? Things were always going to get worse before they got better, right? Yeah. And then and then Batman clings to this one hope. He goes, what did you do to get that robber, right? Burn Which is the, the story right, that he told before. And, he, and Michael Caine, Alfred says, we burned the forest down, right? Um, and so <laughs> that that's what triggers Batman to go, okay, yeah, I, I got to... I got to do the thing that I really don't want to do, right? Which is I, I have to use the technology of Lucius Fox to scan through everybody's stuff yep. to, to 
to well, he burn has to do the thing in, in the Greek Joker times. Out. You have the one person who takes control during, so they suspend democracy and put Roman. one person up. Sorry, Roman, my bad. Um, and they, they put one person in charge, and that was Rachel's comment. Well, yeah, but the last person they did that with was Caesar, and you saw how that turned out. And so the idea is that Batman has to take on that role, and he's and the people haven't suspended democracy. Now, the people are kind of in chaos, so technically it's kind of suspended, but they didn't suspend it themselves. So Batman's taking this on without being it being given to him. Well, that commentary, um, I think, is just the the idea of the, the, the people coming together to rely on a single symbol. Um, or a single person to take care of their their problems, mm-hmm. and I think that 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 is actually part of the message of the movie um, that is so is so important and poignant because the people believe in Harvey Dent, right? And then some people believe in the Batman, right? Two sides of the same coin in a sense, right? Dark Knight, White Knight. Uh, but what what's what's interesting is that the White Knight does not really believe in uh, the people. Batman believes in the people. Right? Yeah. Batman believes in the people. The the White Knight, however, believes that justice and fairness will rule the day. Right? And it's it's just a, such a fascinating take. In the end, in a sense, Batman is proven correct. But yet Joker still wins. Well, it's also right? one of those things where for me, with with that thing of People believe in Harvey Dent. People believe in the Batman. Mm-hmm. And for me, because again, it's 2020 in America. And one of the things that bothers me the most is that, and this includes me, is people believe in people who have power. People believe in maybe celebrities or different people. Sure, who are just people right. who are big. Singular and, famous people that you kind of idolize. But we don't believe in ourselves. And so we let the system take over. We let the people... We're, we're there's so many of us well i there's think that's so the positivity so of this movie right so this is where mm. this is where i i disagree with you i think this movie is extraordinarily positive um it has it, it is a tragedy this movie is it's through and through a tragedy. a tragedy right but just because it's a tragedy doesn't mean that there is no there is no good message or good hope which is okay let, let's let's get to that two boat thing <laughs> that you that, that you love so much um and we'll probably just end with that um which to me that the the scene the social experiment that this agent of chaos um kind of in kind of induces upon the people of gotham it shows that the people ultimately are good right or they make in the end good choices Right. Who's the one who's supposed to make good choices at the end? So, so it's at the end. There's literally Gordon and his kid, and the kid's like, "Why?" No, no, no. I'm talking about the like, two boat scene that you love really, so much. Oh. Right. And so that was that was the ending hope that Batman has, and that's their that's their fight, right? That that I Joker guess. and Batman have. That are the people of Gotham good, or are the people of Gotham bad? Right. And Joker, Joker doesn't really hinge his his argument on being the people of Gotham are bad. He hinges his argument on even the even the best person on the worst day will become the worst person. Yes. That's his argument, right? And he wins. Well, right? because that's th- sometimes that's true. And so the idea is that with that process, that doesn't mean that that worst day is going to be the last day of your life, though. Well, in Harvey Dent's case. Well, in Harvey Dent's <laughs> case, it is. And that's the point. Um, yeah, but, right. That's Joker's point, right? That's, but that's, so that's what he hinged his, his winning bet on. He wins. But Batman also hinges his winning bets on the people, 
right? And he also wins in a sense, right? That's true. Because the people, even the criminals, and I love that scene where the the the, the big guy just comes to 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 the guy and he like, do- you can tell them that I took it from you by yep. force, right? Yep. So he understands their mindset, right? And. I, he, I mean, clearly he knows. Like, and he's like, he's, I'm gonna do he, what you could, what you should have right. done. Right. He he knows he's a bad ago. person. He knows he deserves to die. Right. That's that's not that's not an argument at this point. I feel like he, he shouldn't. He, it's not that he deserves to die. It's that he there's a very strong case that could be made that he doesn't necessarily continue to deserve to live. Not that he deserves to die. And I sure. think there's a difference. And I think that I think that that is what causes him to throw it out. Because he understands that that concept, right? He understands I am a criminal. I don't deserve to live, right? And I'm going to do this thing, which, in okay. a sense, I'm going to throw this away. I'm not saying all criminals are like this. I'm just saying that in that moment where where you have that experience, you see just kind of how people in 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 a group there there is hope for people to act uh, act in a good way. Right, even the criminals, right, and so that's that hope there that's being displayed. And I love that he he said, "You can tell them that I, f- I I took it from you, right?" Because he understands they are actually more worried about their the political like ramifications, ramifications of of pushing the button than any, saying no. Yeah, than saying no, right? That's what they're worried about. And so he, he understands that and he takes it and he throws it away. Well, and I feel like, okay, that's one of my, and so that's one of the reasons why I'm kind of like cringing as you're saying that criminals deserve to die, which I don't think is what you're meaning. No, no, no. That's not what I mean that, at all. Yeah, no, but it's just, that's how it was phrased. And so it's something where for me, this is something where I actually have a tendency. So people who have been on the wrong side of like the law or people who have done things, I actually tend to trust them a little bit more to understand the difference between right and wrong than somebody who's done stereotypical good things throughout the course of their life. I really don't, I don't trust people who have been, um, and to some extent this includes myself because I have been relatively spoiled. I haven't had like a super difficult life. And so it's something where I know people who have had difficult lives and it's something where they understand injustice. Usually they understand the sense of right and wrong or what is potentially good or bad. And there, I feel like they have a, a better sense of it than people who haven't really suffered or haven't really um, experienced pain. And so the people on the boat, the people on the ferry, they might have experienced something because they're living in Gotham, but so many of them are like, nope, kill the, kill, kill the criminals. We deserve to live because we haven't broken the law. Right. Like, what is that even? That's, well, that's a horrible so- rationale. I'm gonna I'm gonna sidestep that a little bit because that's 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 uh, that seems to be a fine uh, anyway that's thing just that something you would need to talk about with your uh, therapist. Oh my goodness! <laughs> but but I, I'm gonna sidestep that sidestep that a little bit in the sense. That, but I'm talking about the, I think the criminal understands there in a sense that we should all understand that all fall short of the glory of God. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And so it's that idea of we deserve the punishment, but yet, you know. It, yet we have we have the capacity to do good, and that was th- that was Batman's argument at that point. He was telling the Joker, "What did you expect that everyone would be like you, yeah. right? Um, when all the chips are down, right?" And so, and and I think that the the in, in a sense the story has that hope and has that proof of understanding these people, you know, even the worst, you know, have a sort have a certain value for life. Right. 
and and when the chips are down, you know, yes, there is that fight between Harvey Dent, the image, versus the people, right? People of Gotham. And what we have then with that juxtaposition is both of them are right, right? And in the end, both of them, in a sense, are wrong, right? Joker's wrong about the people. Batman was deeply wrong about Harvey Dent, right? Um, And so it's... And I think that that's what makes the story hopeful for me, right? Uh, this sense of there, there is that understanding and hope that people, despite our, you know, evil wickedness, despite our all these things that we we've done, and maybe you know some people do believe, of course, the that that concept of original sin that people are inherently bad, right? But yet we have this capacity to do good, and when that authority becomes decentralized in a sense, that goodness can come out on top, right? Um, and so, I, so to me, that's a very, very hopeful story um, of, 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 of goodness, despite the ending with Harvey Dent, which, of course, Harvey is that sense of representation of justice, right? And in the end, it's very, very obvious he has two faces, right? That dark side of justice and the light side of justice. And I'm putting, I'm using justice in quotes, right? Um, in a sense, it's kind of, it's not really justice. It's what, it's the symbolatry of justice, right? And then that symbolatry of justice that we usually use is very, very pure and very white knight-ish. But then if, when we, when we take back the veil, it's actually, there's actually this darker side of it um, that tends to, uh, that tends towards vengeance rather than true true justice, right? Um, and the sadness of the story is that Batman uh, would rather prop up that symbolatry of justice than let the truth have its day, right? Um, and I think that's the tragedy of, of the Dark Knight, uh, in a sense. We didn't get to everything that we wanted to. Mm-hmm. I didn't get to everything that I wanted to. There's so much still. There's Joker burning the money. That was such a great scene. The that hospital blowing up, which has so many funny little bits of it. You know, but that's what, there's so much good, but um, we, we got to, it's, it's been an hour and 25 minutes at this point. Uh, thank you to any listeners who are still listening <laughs> to us uh, talk about this or very much listening to me as I talk about this because I guess I, I've been talking the most this entire time. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, but now uh, we're going to, for now, we're, I'm going to skip how this affects what we're working on because that's going to take another hour <laughs> to be very honest uh the dark knight for me has influenced almost everything that i can name well, of, if you want to know doing if you want to know a little bit more about how because this is something where a lot of the themes in this and a lot of the things in this movie um I, again i've watched this movie several times this has affected both of our writing styles and some of our stories like quite directly and so if you guys are interested in hearing that Whenever you listen to this, let us know. Leave a comment. Kind of tell us a little oh, yeah. bit of something that you're interested in. We might be able to come back to this later. And Subscribe, like, leave a comment. Hey, give and- us a good rating. <laughs> but yeah, so for now, what we'll do is, so we're going to go to drawing the next movie from the hat. And so we can... Um, oh, before we do that, the- oh. just a second. Uh, I do have one small thing. Uh, <laughs> this has influenced me so much that when I do my music, this has actually in my mind. I don't like, uh, Just this is just a personal thing. A lot of people like him. I personally don't prefer him, uh, but Hans Zimmer is the composer uh, and music uh, mm-hmm. music director for Dark Knight. And but this soundtrack that he does, um, I think, is very, very, very good. And there's actually a lot of influence from his work that I do in my music. And so when you visit my YouTube channel, there's actually a um, there, there's a track called Tension that I 
used a lot of inspiration from uh, The Dark Knight uh, for for that track. So on that note, let's draw from the hat. So it is my turn to draw from the hat. It's your turn. Yeah. Are you going to do the drum roll? Okay, so. (laughs) Alrighty, so the movie that we're gonna do next is Inception. Inception, which plays very well after this one. Right, yeah, yeah. it's uh, (laughs) the. (laughs) It's also directed by Christopher Nolan, um, and I think it came out right after The Dark Knight. Yeah, very, very similar. It's. uh, I think it came out two thousand nine. And Darknet came out 2008, or 2010, sorry. Uh, Darknet came out 2008, and I think Inception came out 2010. Um, very, very close to each other. I'm very excited. Uh, Inception, it's a good movie. Uh, and yeah, let's no, go to. Gonna be fun. Let's go to our dime segment. Oh, okay. So, again, I have. There were so many quotes okay and you gotta so choose one I'm, or two i know i know i know i know so what i i literally just because we've talked about it so much and it's one of my favorite quotes in the movie and it's it is the last quote in the movie and so it's just one of those as we're going through this the idea that each of us can we can honestly we can be our own dark knight I know that's a little bit interesting way to phrase it considering what Batman does, but it's something where we need to take ownership in our life. Batman takes ownership, which is one of the reasons why he can do what he does. And so the last quote, and it's just, it, it's such a powerful, everything in this movie is so powerful, but this was such a powerful quote to me, but it's, it's Gordon and the kid's like, Hey, why do we, why do we have to chase mm. after Batman? And Gordon's like, well, well, we'll hunt him because he can take it. He's not a hero. He is a silent guardian, a watchful protector, a dark knight. And I just every I love time that, that quote I get, as well. Oh. It makes me want to talk about the Dark Knight even more. Just Sorry, guys. <laughs> but yeah, so that's, that's, but that's all the time that we have for today, and that's the that's the quote. It's so it's kind of like the movie. It's not exactly funny. There are funny points, but this is the um, first unfunny quote I think you've uh, or unhumorous. Or not, I shouldn't say yeah, unfunny. It's not I should say unhumorous. Charming. It's yeah. very yeah. yeah. And so, but this is something where I hope you guys work on. Adding a li- little bit more of, of, of Batman to your life, not necessarily by punching random people. <laughs> yeah. Or uh, don't don't Follow don't the any hope of pads. the symbolatry, not yeah. the actual symbolatry, yeah. right? Um, and yeah, that's that's about it for our podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Um, we are, of course, just again, just starting with the, these podcasts and this YouTube channel thing. We're pretty much amateurs. Um, so thank you guys <laughs> for listening. I, I don't know how algorithms work or anything like that i've heard that you know if you people subscribe comment like all that kind of stuff um that you'll you'll get more exposure and so if you really like what we've been putting out so far um please do that do that uh subscribe to us like us uh if you're listening to us on uh not on youtube but on like spotify or itunes or something like that you give us like a, it or give us a thumbs up give yeah. us a good rating um and let us know what your thoughts are on on our podcast uh, we'd love to hear them like if you want to hear more about our discussion of the dark knight i'd love to do this again i love the dark knight <laughs> and so i could do this all day we could actually give you more parallels of like how it directly relates to different things over the last like since it's come out there's so many things yeah that, that was one of the things too. that i really wanted to talk about but we we didn't have enough time for it um but i do think that dark knight has extreme parallels with uh, modern day society today and i i really would love to discuss it so if you want us to want us to talk about that kind of stuff please let us know uh and we'll probably do another episode um on it yep uh but until then i'm isaac and i'm rosemary and we'll see you guys next time
enemies were at the gates, the Romans would suspend democracy and appoint one man to protect the city. And it wasn't considered an honor, it was considered a public service. Harvey, the last man that they appointed to protect the Republic was named Caesar, and he never gave up his power. Okay, fine. You either die a hero, or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. 